What's up, everybody? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. I am in here cleaning up lit office. Um, trying to get it cleaned up. But I have boxes everywhere. I have um, all this stuff. So have you ever in your mind thought about, you know, why in the world did I delay getting this done? Why in the world did I delay fixing this and fixing that? I'm, I'm in that place right now. I'm definitely in that place where I'm thinking, like, why did I wait so long? to get this stuff done why did i wait forever just to do this when i've been trying to get it done and saying i'm gonna get it done for months and i'm like okay why haven't i gotten this stuff done but anyway i am here now and i'm working on getting this stuff done and um i've kept telling you guys i'm expanding my business expanding my business well I was telling y'all I'm expanding my business and was telling everybody I'm expanding my business. But in the process of me telling everybody I'm expanding my business, I wasn't making any plans to physically make the room for this expansion, to make the space for this expansion. I wasn't doing anything. Joe, I was doing Joe Nason. I wasn't doing nothing. So I literally have to shift my whole wall shelves up a notch, I have to move my bookshelf. My desk has to move up a notch um, to give me more space because I need the space. I ain't robbing space from nowhere. I'm not finna rob Peter to pay Paul. I'm finna take the space from where I can get it from and where I need to get it from. At this point, um, yeah, I've got to get in here and, and do what I need to do. But anyway, so let's get in here and talk about some stuff because I've been having one of those good days. What's up, party people? Welcome back to the episode of Synergy, the place where we turn negative outcomes into positive energy. This is your host. It is me. Listen, this episode was supposed to be live on my YouTube channel today because I had the camera. However, if you want to see all these boxes in here, um, yeah, it's chaos. But anyway, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, where you are in the world. Hope you guys are having a wonderful day. If you are baking, cooking, don't give me nothing. Don't give me nothing. I told y'all I had that dream a while ago about somebody trying to hook me with some sweets and all kind of stuff. And I was like, nope, I'm not hungry. At this point, I'm going to stop. Say, bake me anything. Bake for your husband. That's what you do. Bake for your husband. <laughs> bake for your husband or your wife. That's what you do. Don't you bake me nothing. <laughs> all right? You can't bake me nothing. You know, they, they don't, nope, don't bake me a cake. Don't bake me. Don't bake it as fast as you can. Bake for your, your husband, man, or your wife, woman. All right? Because at this point, mm -mm. after that dream I had, I'm done. Nope, nope, no, no, no. I'm not hungry. I am not hungry. And I hope you, we good on that. We good. Now that you know that I ain't hungry, don't be trying to offer me nothing. Because some people be like, listen, you ain't got to eat it now, but you can eat it later. No, baby. I'm not going to eat it at all. Me not hungry. <laughs> say it like the little kids. Like my cousins would say, you know, when they were younger, they, they couldn't say they, their words were a bit... Um, ghetto so to speak and they would say they would never say the full word they, you know me not hungry me not this and how about i'm not even gonna get into me not none of that and i'm just gonna just say do do not bake me anything do a spoken favor and let's not embarrass you um and upset our friendship or upset whatever we we may have or may could have had because you're trying to bake me um a keep the cake <laughs> so um all right, guys, I hope you guys have been doing um, really well. So I've had a opportunity to think over some stuff this week. And I was thinking to myself, I said, you know, after having several run-ins with, um, with, with the baby boomer generation, and not on the baby boomer generation. Oh, and by the way, this is not a walking podcast. I am cleaning, so you will probably hear some background noise. 
Um, having a run in with the baby boomer generation. Now, the baby boomer generation, you know, I've been trying to figure out for the life of me what, what happened to them. Like, because something happened to them in their era, something happened to them in their life because wherever they are at now or whatever's taking place, whatever trauma that they're dealing with, it is spewed over into their adulthood so bad that they feel like they have to protect everything. And what I mean by protect everything, that you can't do nothing without them saying, oh, I can, I, can, I can help you do it. Or won't you add a little bit of this and don't forget to do this and don't forget to do that. That's so smothering. That is overshadowing. That is smothering. Then I started realizing because I had to deal with someone from the Jim Crow era. Lord, I kept trying to figure out, you know, how you how you deal with certain people. And then you keep dealing with the same like, dang, something's not right about that. What is going on? with them like what is really going on with them like why are they like this why you know what what's the problem with them why 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 are they why are they like this like what what makes them be this way you know what i'm saying what makes them um be this way at all um and so um i realized after taking some time to really examine the situation because at first I was like, well maybe it's me. Maybe I'm um maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm I'm not paying attention. Maybe I'm just overthinking or under and so as I began to just kind of put pieces together, I was like, you know what, it ain't me. It's the era they came up in. Cause so and what I mean by this, so the Jim Crow South era is they, I know people and I know them and the people don't change and you know that Jim Crow South era lets you not really let you but it kind of imprisons you it puts you in a place where you you doubt people's ability to become something different and something better um, you know and, and, and I remember I said this before that when you deal with people who are pastors and they have a process or a thought process that that people oh ain't nobody changing they're gonna always be the same then then you begin to kind of question why do you pastor then why why do you do ministry work when you believe naturally that people don't change that's contradictory to what you do um yeah and so the other thing is that um Baby boomers often get offended when you tell them, like, hey, listen, I got it. I don't need your help, you know, and they think you're being disrespectful, you know. But the thing is, is that you, when you smother somebody, they can't breathe. And so when someone can't breathe, they come up fighting like, hey, I, I can't breathe. Get off of me, you know. And it's not to be kind of like disrespectful or mean or hateful. It's like, I can't breathe. You're smothering me to death. Get off of me. And so sometimes they they um, they don't like when you do that. They're like, you being disrespectful. And I was like, no, it's not being disrespectful. You just over mother people. And so I had a conversation. I was talking, and I was like, "You overmother me. You you're overmothering to not just me, but to everybody that you can encounter." And it's scary because sometimes you can smother people. You can smother them out. You can choke them out. You can keep people in a place where they don't become who they need to be. First of all, I'm going to say this: there is not one child, not one child. I'm going to say this real clear. There is not one child born to any parent that should be living vicariously, um, that the parent should be living vicariously to that child. You have lived your life. You have no right to subject your child to a life that you want them to have versus the life that they want them on their own stuff to have. 
I have seen some of the most narcissistic parenting in my life, the most controlling, domineering, manipulative. Um, listen, parenting that goes the way that you want to go is not parenting. That's dictatorship. That's control. You're not a parent. You are a slave holder. And I've I've ran into people where they were, you know, they say certain things like, you know, that's not the life that I have for them. And, you know, they're going to do what I say do and this, 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 this. And the, when I say this, this is why I understand that the baby boomers in the Jim Crow South era, the baby boomers also think that you're going to do what they say do. Whether you 12, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and they're 108, they don't care. They don't see you as grown. They see you as a child. However, in the eyes of the land, in the eyes of the land, you are an adult. In the eyes of God, you are an adult. But in the eyes of the in the eyes of your parents, you're a child. However, most of these people are stock raving Christians, and they use this position as a form of control or a form of fear factoring. Basically, you want to make um you instill fear in the people. Oh, I still knock you out, and I this this this. No, ma'am, no you, no sir, you go to jail. Because I will call the police on you. Another thing is this. They love to say the word, you know, the Bible says, honor that mother and that father. However, they never want to address the scripture that says about, it says, fathers and mothers provoke your children not to wrath. They never want to discuss how you're not to bother your kids. They want to use everything to back up their defense to make them stronger. And it's a fear thing. It's control. And anytime they feel like they don't have control, they they tend to latch out or they want to fight or they want to get mad and they want to say you're being disrespectful. They want they want to say this and that ain't being godly. And then, but the sad part about it is you can say what you want to say today, tomorrow, or next week. A lot of these people are Christian believers and they're Christian parents. And the sad part about it is none of them raise their children under Christian values. You're raising your children to be mentally disabled. You're raising them to be mentally off. You're actually causing your children to have PTSD. And a lot of times you're making your children where they don't want to have kids, where they don't want to be um, be married to anybody because they want to spend their life trying to re trying to pull their own self back together because of the trauma that they've been through. And a lot of parents will say that, you know, suck it up. I had it worse than that. But that does not mean that you perpetuate the cycle. You break it. You have to be the curse breaker. Somebody has to say, wait a minute. This cannot continue. And you can't get mad at your children because they want to come from under that type of bondage. You honestly can't. Let them be free. And I'm learning in so many ways that the generate that Jim Crow South era, those the generation and that that those people that come up, those baby boomers, they are the most fractured generation it is, the most traumatized generation it is and they project this trauma onto their children which is why a lot of people who are in my era or in the 70s which is the, my brother's era the lot of those people right now are in counseling because they trying to pull their mind together from the traumatic life they had to live you have children that won't even come see their parents let alone listening to the advice the parents give them is because their parents have been so much of a deviant I mean, so much of, of just, not deviant, but so much of a controller, manipulator, taskmaster, just aggressive and overbearing and smothering and just loud and want things their way and get mad when they can't get their way and wants to call you everything but a child of God and say you're being dishonorable. And none of that is true. 
All it is is that they get mad because you found your voice. It makes them upset that you found your voice and they never thought to look for theirs. Oh, that was good. A lot of reason why baby boomers and Jim Crow South era individual, those parents get mad at their children is because you, when their adult children find their voice, they are upset because you found your voice and they never wanted to look for theirs. They never wanted to look for their own voice. They never wanted to search for it. They never wanted to make their voice a priority. What they wanted to be is yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I was raised in the South, so I understand that being respectful to your elders goes a long way. However, drawing a line between being respectful and setting boundaries are two different things. Hmm? So you can be respectful, but when you set boundaries, that means that this is my space. I want to enjoy my space. You can't get mad at me for trying to enjoy my space. You can't hate me for trying to enjoy my space. You can't dislike me for trying to enjoy it because this is my space. And because it is my space, then, hey, whoop to do Let me enjoy my space. So when you, a lot of times that I learned too is when you tell them, like, I'm an adult, I'm grown and all this stuff. And especially if you live home with your parents and in, 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 um, your parents are, are let's say, elders or, or people who are battling medical conditions, don't tell them you're grown. Oh, child, you tell them you're grown, they mad. Oh, they real mad. They mad, man. They fight, man. Oh, you so grown, you get out and get your own. Grown people got a mortgage and all this stuff. See, the Jim Crow South era, they... They don't. They don't. They don't work to to heal the heal the gaps in their life, with with anything that, that that they suffered as an adult. They seek to destroy other people. They go after them, and then later on, they try to say, "Oh, I'm sorry," and and, and please forgive me. But their means of apologizing it really apologizing is buying gifts. You know, that apology concept ain't gonna work with them. You know, I'm right, you wrong is what, what, what works for them. But the sad part about it is they're wrong and they'll never tell you that they're wrong, but they're dead wrong. But here is the, the, the issue. If what you're doing is hurting me, I have the right to tell you that. I have the right to tell you that your abuse, your behavior, I have a right to tell you that everything that you're doing that if it is not making me feel comfortable, if it's not making me feel safe, then everything that you're doing, is if it's, if it's hurting me, and I'm not saying physical hurt, I'm saying mentally hurting me. A lot of times people don't realize that your verbal abuse is worse than physical abuse. We always hone in on, 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 um, on physical abuse all the time, but verbal abuse is worse than physical abuse. It sure is. It is... Very much so worse than physical abuse. Because you got to find out how to deal with that thing mentally. Somebody break you down mentally. Destroy you mentally. You got to live with trying to... That's, that's, that's years of, of counseling. Um, that, that's a, a lot. Um, that's a lot to deal with. That's trauma. And however... They don't see when you try to, you know, I've, I've done it before. I was like, you know, you know, you tried to, you know, address it type situation. And I've been one of those people that I've always addressed the trauma. And uh, one of the things that I've always said was, I don't know what happened to you. 
or what happened to your generation as a kid or I don't know what happened to you. You know, I go to saying stuff like I'm be trying, I'm trying, honestly, I'm low key trying to figure out what happened to the generation because somewhere along the line, your generation is so fractured that you can't even see that your harm, the harm that you're causing to others is actually the harm that you're causing to yourself. The sad part about it is you live this life thinking that you're not harming yourself. And sometimes you can be nasty and mean and hateful to people, but you got to be careful how you treat people. Because especially, you know, like my aunt today, uh, my uncle asked me, you know, I, I told him, I asked him, could he take me to the store? And he said, um, he said, yeah, you drive in the gas money. I don't know. He asked if I have any money. I said, yeah, I got money for gas. Um, and so he was like, no, do you have any money? I said, no, I have money for gas. And so, um, my aunt was like, I don't, um, she basically was like, well, he was asking, did you have any money? I said, yeah, I got money, but I got money for gas. I'm not buying lottery tickets. I'm not buying, I'm not paying for, um, you to gamble gamble and all that stuff. I'm not paying for all of that. No, no, no. My money, my money, I work hard for my money. I work hard for every dime that I get and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you an opportunity to use my money to buy liquor and things or to buy alcohol and things. When you got one foot on the earth and the other foot on the grave, I'm not going to help you die. Whatever depressions you're dealing with, whatever sicknesses you're dealing with, whatever issues you're dealing with in your life and your body, you need to get that stuff together because I'm not going to help you, you know, help you die. So her response was, you know, she said something off and I said, you know, you always talk about money, but I'm taking my school money to pay for taxes. And then she jumps up. Well, I don't have no money. Amazon must be being robbed by y'all 24-7 is my thoughts. Because you buy boxes from, you have boxes from Amazon all the time. And so, she was like, so I was like, well, what you gonna do with all the degrees? I was like, um, I'm gonna one day, you know, be a business consultant, which I am a business consultant. And then, um, I was like, you know, I'm probably open up a school. She's like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. And so, that, that way of thinking, you know, you look for support among your family members, your older family members. You look for support. You look for support. You look for them to say, okay, good. Well, go ahead on and do what you got to do. You don't look for them to be like, yeah, right, doubting you and, and, and throwing salt on what you're trying to do. You don't look for negativity. You look for support. You're like, okay, that sounds really good. But if you ain't rocking with me as hard as I'm trying to rock with you, then we ain't got nothing to talk about. We have nothing to discuss. We ain't got nothing to talk about. We have nothing to, nothing, nothing, no nothing. And so when I think about the generation, the, the, the generation, the, these two generations, the Jim Crow South and the baby boomer generation, I think about how they are not soft at heart. Um, that generation is so out of touch. They're so out of touch. Um, and they learn, and I've learned what it is with them too, is that they, they learned they failed as parents. And some of them didn't fail as parents. They learned that they messed up as parents. And so because they learned and they messed up as parents, what they try to do is make it up by being good grandparents. While at the same time traumatizing their adult parents, their adult children. 
don't work that way. You it don't it, you, you got to make it make sense. You can't continue to um you can't continue to um be abusive to your adult children. Um and expect them to give you love and all this stuff. That's why a lot of times if we want to be honest, we want to know why a lot of adult adult children don't go see their parents is because how their parents treats them. You watch how your mama treat the ones that's taking care of them. You be like, nope, mm mm. I am not finna go to the I'm not finna go to the house. I'm not finna deal with her. Deal with them. Daddy done fell off his rockers. Nope, not gonna do it. <laughs> that's how they feel. But I've actually encountered people who actually believe that their children should live the life that they picked for them. And um that's not how that works. You live your life. Um, and if you didn't you live your life, then that's not that's not any of my fault. And and look, you live what you, you live what you want to live and how you want to live. But just because I don't live the way you want me to live doesn't give you the right to try to withhold things from me that you know that you rightfully can give to me or support me with. Doesn't mean that you can be negative to me. Doesn't mean that you can treat me any differently than you treat anybody else because one person lives the way you want them to live and I chose not to. I made a choice. And so a lot of times I've learned that a lot of times when you become the one that break the mold, they don't like that because the mold's supposed to stay intact. And as long as you want to be other than what they want you to be, mm -mm. it is over. When I tell you, they will feel, they will rain down hell's fire on you just to prove a point. But this is what I've learned too, is that sometimes you have to give your parents their flowers. Give them their flowers and keep right on moving. Give them their flowers. I love you. Stop by there and say, hey, how you doing? Keep right on moving. Because it does not mean, you know, I can love you from a distance. Um, I can love you from a distance. I can love you and I can be just as supportive to you, but so distant and so far because I don't have to be associated. That's like case in point. I was at my cousin's funeral. And um, my dad was supposed to come see me because I when I had caught COVID, and um, and he told me he was like you were supposed to come up, come down, you know, come down to see me, so we can talk. But at that time, I had went down for his birthday, and when I went down for his birthday, um, I was in a lot of pain because the car accident, and and at that moment, I realized that I couldn't take you know, long ride because of the discomfort that it would bring to my, my back um, and my body and stuff. And so I was like, you know, let's not, let's not do this to myself. Cause I, then I got to recover and then I'd be laying down on CBD and be high kite and we went a hemp or, you know, my THC, you know, my medicine and, um, I'd be high kite and sleep all day and non-functional. And that's not, that's not the way I want to live. So I ended up, um, not going altogether. He knew that I had been to Carson. He knew that I had a bulging disc. He knew that I didn't, you know, I wasn't well. So I said, no, because if you know, I was like, hey, you was supposed I was like, why you didn't come up? I was about, why you didn't come up? You said you were going to come up. I was like, well, you know, well, I'll deal with you later with that. He was like, you're supposed to come down and I'll deal with you later with that. And so I'm looking at him like, you know, are we two? Who's injured and who's not injured? Like, who... Who was in a car accident? Who's not? Like at this point, what I really at this point when I look when he said that I looked at him and like you know I was pretty much like you know what I give. I really at this point I'm gonna love you from a distance, and that's the 180 mile distance that we are from another. That's how far of a distance I'm gonna love you, and 
if you can make the time to go and see everybody else and you can't come seeing me and my older sister, oh, I'm going to love you from a distance. I'm going to love you from the distance. You're not going to make me an option um, when you are the reason why I'm here. I didn't ask you to lay with my mama. I didn't ask y'all to lay together at all. You decided not to um, wear protection. You decided to not um, have a condom on. I didn't. That I didn't ask for nothing. You, I came from out of you, sir. So, you know, when I look at that, I'm learning, even in myself, like, listen, however you feel it, keep that over there. Keep that over there because I have come to a conclusion. And that is, as long as people can benefit from you breaking your neck for them, they are fine. But the minute they have to make a sacrifice to do the opposite, that's not going to work for them. So, in all in all, I learned that baby boomers and the whole um, Jim Crow South era, that those parents there, those adults there, they need more counseling than the children that they traumatized. Now, don't don't get me wrong. They traumatize us really bad. We need counseling. We really need counseling, hands down. But they they really, they, they do some stuff. Have you around here. And I wonder why my generation got high all the time and looked like crackheads and smoked weed and did drugs. Child, because some of y'all parents was the devil himself. And then, like the control and say words like, I'm your mama and I'm you. ain't none of my mama. You ain't none of my dad. And I'm looking at them like, I know that. But once again, that's a fear tactic. Trying to parent by fear. You can't parent by using fear. You can make your child hate you dislike you stay away from you when you come using that dumb jump that's what you're gonna do that's what you're gonna do parenting while trying to use fear by parenting it never works it won't it fails every time and you lose your child you damage the relationship with between you and your child because you want to do things the way you want to do them and the sad part about it is is you're wrong you did wrong. You are dead wrong. You know you did wrong. And that's why, you know, you play, you know, you play victim and be like, my children don't even come see me. My my child don't even come see me. They don't come see you is because they tired of dealing with you. You are an aggressor. You are an aggressor. You always right. Ain't never wrong. And you only see your side of the story. Anyway, guys. I have a lot of work to get done. It's 907 and I've got to get this stuff done so I can start putting these shelves up and start putting this stuff on, get my stuff together. Um Yeah, that's enough. Well, thanks for watching or listening to this episode of Synergy, the place where we turn negative outcomes into positive energy. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Enjoy your evening and your afternoon, whatever time it is. Listen, it's hump day. I am officially doing a podcast on a Wednesday. That's because I was waiting on my magic mic. My wildest microphone to come in. I'm so excited. Listen, kiss those babies from me. Let them know Uncle VJ loves them. I'll see you guys on next week. And um, yeah, see you next time. Wait, wait, wait. Listen, don't go. This is not an affirmation, but this is an announcement. If you are an individual has that has been raised by difficult parenting, um, someone who has been aggressive to you, verbally abusive to you, someone who see things only their way is not um they're not reasonable with their parenting they don't compromise very well they're judgmental whatever the case may be whatever they're coming after your lifestyle the life choices that you make whatever the case may be i want you to do me a favor
I want you to free yourself from that type of atmosphere and go get you some counseling. Go get you some counseling. Because at this point in your life, you're valuable to you. And you may be valuable to them in a way. They have a strange way of showing that they love you. But go get you some counseling, baby. Do not sit there any, not another day trying to understand their parenting, trying to figure out what you did wrong, where you went wrong. Go get you some counseling. Don't blame yourself. Not, don't you leave not another dinner and not knowing that you need to go get you some help. Listen, go find you a counselor. Find you a mental health counselor, a family counselor, relationship counselor, whatever it is, go get you some counseling. Especially in black families, get you some counseling. All right? Love you.